gets to the office today. Uh, let's bring in Deb Hutton on the morning brief, former advisor to two Ontario premiers, guest hosting in the afternoons on The Rush. Nice to have you. So, John, I was just I couldn't tell whether Nick had my mic on or not. I got to tell you, we did not have we're at Young and Lawrence. We were not one of the neighborhoods that had the uh, sidewalk plow that goes through, you know, the little yeah. machine, nor did we have this windrow thing. We, for whatever reason, now have both of them. And I'm telling you, it is far worse. We have enough driveways, but not enough space north of Young and Lawrence. It is a disaster. The poor guy across the street who has a mini, <laughs> honestly, they, they dropped and lifted that plow, the special plow, at the wrong place. The poor guy, you end up with more snow than you could ever possibly have. It is so much more irritating and a whole lot more money. Yeah, and I you know, I never understood the idea that we had to clear the sidewalk, the city sidewalk in front of our house. And part of that, I guess, is because some of our people, you know, some of our neighbors would be away or they would be elderly. And so you have this patchwork where you're walking along and it's like a moonscape in one stretch and then it's all clear and dry in another. Uh, but still, the whole windrows thing, I've never understood. Let's keep going. Uh, speaking of budget items, Olivia Chow defending her budget this morning on our show. Uh, what do you make of it? I mean, you had plenty of time to unpack yesterday afternoon on the rush. So what's your take? Here's my thing, John. A billion dollars more this year over last year. Yeah, we've had inflation. Yeah, we've had pop, prop, uh, population growth. But triple inflation is the tax hike we got. So yeah, she likes to say a buck a day. Well, for the average person, that means half of the city of Toronto is paying way more than a buck a day. But my bigger issue is how do you need a budget that is triple the rate of inflation in one year? It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. 16.5% is the tax hike we will have paid as property taxpayers in this city in, in 23 and 24. And it, it's ridiculous. Okay. But, you know, if you were going to cut, where would you cut? Well, Winrows. I mean, okay, yeah, no, I'm in. But, but they haven't looked at anything. Uh, two things. First of all, I think it is ridiculous the number of libraries we have in this city. Absolutely ridiculous, and they're expensive. I am a big fan of user pay for services. Like, why should we get things for absolute free? Absolutely no reason for it whatsoever. Why can there not be a minimal increase in the TTC? Five cents. 10 cents. Like, why? Well, because we've been increasing it almost on an annual basis for the last 20 years. It's an expensive service that we are expanding yeah. in this city. Why shouldn't we pay a little bit more? Okay. I was huge. I was a big fan of the additional uh, parking fines. If you're going to clog our streets and not pay for it, you should really have to pay for it. But there's an example where they could go up even more. Like there, there's there's five or six examples. Open tendering. Why don't we ask the mayor about open versus closed tendering? Estimates are that you save between two hundred and three hundred million dollars. So there's what five things off the top of my head. Right. OK. But on that one, you know, I'm not necessarily advocating it. But uh, the idea is that we want to hire people who pay their employees fairly. <laughs> well, you're saying that like this isn't union versus non-union, John. This is certain unions. 
So in the city of Hamilton, there's been no major safety issues. There's been no um, examples where, you know, people say we're starving because we have a government contract. It's absolutely ridiculous. We're the only municipality in this entire province that has closed tendering. Let's uh, let's keep going. Uh, jurors in the coroner's inquest into the death of Sammy Yatim some 10 years ago have issued their recommendations. Uh, and amongst other things, we've discussed a lot of this stuff already this week. One of them was actually just that a police department should be freer to issue an apology. Uh, another would be that it should be easier to flag a hothead cop. Yeah, I mean, I, I think those all make perfect sense. There's 63 of them. My only issue with this is that the world has changed in the last 10 years. The stun gun issue, for example, a recommendation already is in play. So uh, I, I just think it's unfortunate that our system is such that this guy's actually done his time and is out. And we're now just getting to recommendations. So there, nothing that I think is particularly problematic for either police forces or the public or police officers themselves. But, um, uh, you know, 10 years is a ridiculous amount of time to, to be making recommendations for a time a decade ago. You've got two youngins in school. What do you make of a movement to ease nut bans in schools? I love it. Yeah. I, I think it's I think it's excellent. So it protects the little guys who touch each other and you know put their fingers in their mouth and 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 are still learning that you're not supposed to share food. So JKSK, um, there's still a full ban. I think that's fantastic. Grade one and and two only if a kid is identified as having a severe allergy is there a nut ban. I think that's fair too. That's always been my my thought actually that if you have a child in a class that with a severe allergy, then that class doesn't get to have peanuts or whatever it is. Um, so I think it's excellent. You put a lot of um, onus on kids to learn to keep you know their food to themselves, all of those great things. You, you protect the little guys. And, and then you let families be able to send food. We had one, uh, I did this uh, on the Russia whenever the first story first came out. And we had a dad call in and there was a kid with like multiple allergies in his daughter's class. And he said, and on top of it, his daughter was a picky eater. I think she was in grade seven. Like they had no dairy. They had no nut. I forget. There was a weird one, like no bananas. Like it was unbelievable the number of, of items that were banned from his, uh, his daughter's school because of one kid. Like there's got to be a better way. So I applaud this. Okay, I know you probably have some pretty good sources in the Conservative Caucus at Queen's Park. Robert Benzie reporting this morning there's a bit of a panic about the number of MPs and possibly cabinet ministers who may abandon Queen's Park to run federally. Yeah, and, and Robert has great sources and, and gets a lot of these stories. And uh, I just think that whoever is talking is is in their own panic. I don't believe that there's a panic. Um, quite frankly, I think, you know, welcome to Parm Gill, who resigned uh, Pierre Polyev. Uh, good luck with them. This is a guy that was in federal, jumped to provincial, jumping back to federal, ran in Toronto, ran in Brampton, ran in Milton, like 
good luck is all I say about that. I don't think there'll be a mass exodus. I think uh, this is a two-term government and uh, people make some decisions if they don't see their future in cabinet. That's what happens. That's the nature of, of politics. And so they maybe think they've got a better shot to be in cabinet uh, for uh, Pierre Polyev. And it's possible. But keep in mind, it's a big country, not just a province when you go uh, to Ottawa. Yeah. And read up on your Aesop's fables. Thanks a lot listening this afternoon. Thanks, John. That is Deb Hutton. She'll be back at 2 p.m. coming up in the next half hour, actually right after headlines and traffic. We're going to Wyerton because it's Groundhog Day.